0: Hello and welcome to another episode of From the Lower Level. I'm your host, Moshi, and this week it's just me, all on my lonesome, bringing you everything that went down this week in the Housewives Cinematic Universe. And if you've been paying any attention, you know that a lot went down. But don't stress, I haven't finally made good on my threats to kick Patrizio off the pod. He is currently enjoying some well-deserved time off. You see, I made it nice. Um, On this episode, I'm going to attempt to break down part two of the Beverly Hills reunion. I've never, ever, ever attempted to break down a reunion all on my own. So, you know... Cut me a bit of slack. <laughs> but before we get into all of that mess, I've got an extra special word on the street this week because it's word on the street, Bravo Con Edition. They're selling CDs and records if they're Candice from Potomac, um, you know, They're selling whatever, anything that they have to sell. Ramona, Prino, Grigio, all of it. It's for sale. Um, But most importantly, one of the things that happens at BravoCon is announcements. We kind of get to go a little bit deeper on everything else that's happening at the moment. I kind of watching some of the panels you know across social media because unfortunately i wasn't able to be there this year but rest assured i will be there next year they were almost like interim reunions if you will we saw a lot of clashes happening um particularly in new jersey and i'll talk about it in a little bit and also in Salt Lake City. So without further ado, let me break down for you some of what we've heard and what we saw and what we found out at BravoCon. So let's start with The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So the Real Housewives panel. All the ladies were welcomed and clapped as they uh, entered and took their seats except for Lisa Rinna. She did get a few applauses, a little applause, but for the most part, Rinna was booed. And, you know, she's taken it in her stride. Um, She did say to an interviewer that Erica Jane had kind of worded her up, that she should perhaps expect that type of response. And, you know, in true Rinna style, she came with her middle finger up towards the entire crowd while being booed. I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. Um, Interestingly as well, Kathy Hilton was – huge at BravoCon, um, DirecTV, one of the sponsors for, for Bravo and for the housewives in particular, actually hosted an event the night before BravoCon officially, um, kicked off, uh, just for Kathy Hilton, you might've seen the footage on social media. She finally got her conga line and of course her tequila was, uh, available for everyone to drink. Andy also hosted uh, in homage to Oprah his own Legends Ball and you might see footage of Kathy Hilton ducking out while Andy was on the other side of the stage interviewing I think the cast from Vanderpump Rules from Memory. If you um, have access to watch Watch What Happens Live, the Legends Ball is actually the first Watch What Happens Live for the Bravo Con series And you can actually watch it play out with Kathy Hilton sort of walking on stage while Andy's in the throes of it. Um, Kathy commented all across social media that she had to duck out because she had to do a wee. And you know what? That is so fucking relatable. Um, Still talking uh, Kathy Hilton because I don't think a friend of, aside perhaps from Marlo Patrice Hampton, has ever had her her feet on our necks like this before um where she really was the main event um but Kathy and I guess this kind of speaks to it Kathy has said that she will not be returning to Beverly Hills next season if the cast remains the same now I don't think she went into much detail about who she wants to leave um and who she wants to stay but I think we can all Fur who, um, and I think when we get part three of the Beverly Hills reunion next week, we'll also have some further clarity around that. Now, a couple of other things uh, from Beverly Hills that happened at BravoCon. In one of the numerous games that Andy plays at Watch What Happens Live, Erica Jane was asked the question, which I believe was which Beverly Hills pairing or which Bravo. Husband and wife were most likely to split up. To which Erica Jane replied with Dorit and PK. Now they have taken to their social media. Uh, Dorit responded with "Misery loves company." Mm, facts, uh, and PK kind of went in ham on EJ. Um, Erica Jane has responded by saying, "Guys, come on! It was just a joke. I was just playing. You know that." But it'll be interesting to see how they come back from that one. Um, and finally on Beverly Hills Bravo Con News, Diana Jenkins was a no-show. I think we can safely say that, well, I hope so. Um, part the part two reunion and I think it's like the first five minutes are probably the last time we see uh we see Diana Jenkins associated with the real housewives of Beverly Hills. And uh Can I just say good riddance? Now, speaking of no-shows at at BravoCon, there was one other current housewife who also didn't show up. Well, that's not entirely true. She was in New York. She was ready for BravoCon, but she was disinvited. That was none other than Jen Shah from The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Andy, uh, I think maybe was on radio, Andy, who's being interviewed by by someone um, and he, or maybe people, and he basically stated that the moment Jen admitted her guilt, that was it. He has cut all ties with her and she was disinvited from BravoCon. That didn't stop her, though, from attempting to crash the Legends ball. Um, Tamara Judge, who really, like, if you... If you want to something to not be kept a secret, go to Tamra. Um, I think Tamra and Jen are definitely cut from the same cloth. Um, so Jen visited Tamra knocked on her door of her hotel, saw there was a little bit of a pre-party and a little bit of glam going on, um, and just invited herself to sit down, do the glam, do the thing, and made it really clear to Tamara that she was going to attempt to crash the Legends Ball. She failed. Uh, You might have seen her post on her Instagram because, I I mean, I think it goes without saying that her pride was definitely wounded. Um, But, yeah, she says – you know, along the lines of if she wanted to be there, she would have been there. I think we all know that's a bit of a lie. Um, There's also, I'm also seeing a lot of talk with a lot of people comparing Teresa's situation to Jen's situation and the fact that Teresa, you know, they paused the show for her. Look, Teresa had really earned her place in Housewives history. I think as well Teresa pled not guilty, um, or if she did, I'm not, I don't remember, did she take a plea? But to, Teresa, you know, um, I think, you know, went in not being kind of responsible for the issue. She was more of an accomplice to Joe. And so I think there is two different narratives here where we see that Teresa, you know, was perhaps led astray a little bit. Um, and so the circumstances seem a little bit different. But I'm keen to see how people play this out um, in the court of public opinion on social media. Um, I'm not going to be talking too much about Salt Lake City this week. But if you did watch this week's episode as well, you would have noticed that Meredith finally put her attorney hat on and gave some really interesting insights into how the law works, particularly for the southern part of New York, which she is very familiar with. Of with, because as we all know, Meredith is from New York and not from Salt Lake City. Um, but in this final piece of Salt Lake City BravoCon news, <sighs> Heather and Lisa they went at it um, on the panel, and I think one thing that's kind of interesting from the the panel that we saw at BravoCon is it was just the remaining four um, snowflake holders of Salt Lake City. We didn't have Angie there. We didn't have any of the new, um, additions, the new friends of at all invited. And, um, we didn't see them again in this most recent episode of Salt Lake City, which I believe is the last day that they are in, uh, Arizona, um, at, uh, Miriam Cosby's Arizona home. Next week though, We should see the introduction of The Friends Of, um, and I, I really can't wait. I think then the show will really start to get a little bit more interesting. Now, I did mention Teresa, so let's talk what we heard about New Jersey. So this is a house divided, okay? Housewives franchise divided. This is the Montagues and the Capulets. This is Romeo and Juliet in a sense. What I mean is that it's Shakespeare. It is going down. This was the only franchise to split its panels. And I thought the way that they were split was very smart. So there is a clear divide between Team Gorga and just Team Teresa and Louis. And, you know, we're talking about separate entrances, completely separate panels. And what they did instead to kind of fill out the panels is that each section had their husbands with them because we know in New Jersey the house husbands play like almost an integral role to the show we know Um, and big Frankie Catania actually received I think it was like one of the only standing (laughs) ovations for a singular panelist um, throughout all of BravoCon, and I think that just speaks to what an, what a dude he is and how great he is on television. Um, we also, speaking of announcements and sneaks sneak peeks, we also got a first look at Teresa and Louis' wedding special. The trailer has been released; it is out on the internet. If you haven't seen it, please go find it. It's a great uh, two and a bit minutes. We also heard from Joe Gorga. He admitted that he regrets now not going to Teresa's wedding. Um, and I'm not sure if that was specifically at Bravo Con or in and around the event. But, I mean, are any of us surprised that he regrets it? I think when you're in something just for the fame and you find yourself on the wrong side of the of that, and you know you know that your place, perhaps on the show is in jeopardy because of it, of course you 're going to come with your tail between your legs now, if you 've been listening to this podcast for a while or any anytime that we 've discussed the real Housewives of New Jersey, you know that I do not identify as a tree hugger, but what 's the saying, Patricia, and I love to say this your enemy's enemy is your friend and honestly i mean i don't mind joe but it the way that they have gone at teresa i'm not down with it now speaking of the continued feud um there there was footage circulating of jen uh from real housewives of new jersey throwing a drink towards Joe Gorga and his crew um, in the lobby of a hotel. Um, We've since learnt and, you know, Jen shared her perspective of this entire situation, kind of what went down and there's sort of a couple of different, different stories circulating. But essentially, they both found themselves uh, in the same lobby. Jen admits that she was just minding her business. There was a bit of trash talking going on, um, and I believe it was like Joe Gorga's publicist or even Joe. One of them said the wrong thing. I believe it was more Joe's publicist. And um, that is when Jen threw her drink at them. Now, she says it wasn't alcohol. It was just water with a little bit of lemon. But... If there's one thing housewives know how to do, it's throw a drink at somebody. Um, no one was hurt, but I think had there not been like security, had there been not been people there, there definitely would have been a really significant punch on. And I, I think they've already filmed all of New Jersey, which is good, but I am starting to be and uh, starting to feel a little bit worried for the future of that franchise. Now, speaking of franchises that we have all been worried about, um, I'm talking about The Real Housewives of New York. It has been over a year since we last checked in with, you know, one of the flagship franchises, one of the original franchises. There's a really great um, podcast that we've spoken up, about before um which is called reality with the king it is hosted by carlos king who is one of the most um sentimental i I don't even know i'm going to say there but he is one of the og housewives producers he was there for real housewives of new jersey he basically created real housewives of atlanta and gave us the nini um But he has a really great episode this week with the Ramona singer. It is one for the ages. Um, And just listening to it and learning that, you know, when you think about it, and I think I've said before, Real Housewives of New York for me is the best, it's the number one Housewives franchise. And I do really think it is the franchise that put Housewives as we know it on the map and really paved the way for Atlanta and really paved the way for New Jersey and really paved the way for Beverly Hills and those like flagship franchises. So to have to not have had it for a year has definitely, I think left us all feeling a bit empty. I think we've been really fortunate that we've had ultimate girls trip, um, as this kind of filler, but we need our New York girls back. So, with that, we got a couple of announcements. So, firstly, Sonia and Luann's spin-off called Welcome to Crappy Lake um, is set for release in 2023. Um, this is their like simple life kind of show. Um, and I don't know about you, but I really cannot wait to see them on our screens. Uh, We also got wind that Dorinda is potentially going to be coming off pause. We don't know whether that is for the Real Housewives of New York legacy show or whether that's for something else that Andy and Dorinda have in the works. I'm thinking like a Dorinda in the city type of situation. Now, speaking of the legacy cast, Ramona Singer was at BravoCon And from everything I've heard, she was just being Ramona AF, but I think the funny side of Ramona. And once again, I'm going to spruik Carlos King's latest podcast episode. I think those of us who are invested in New York all have our own specific relationships with Ramona Um, and I can't, Ramona has never really been somebody who I've loved. I have always loved her as a villain though, on that show. Um, I do think the last season just, it was a mess and it was horrible. Um, but it was really interesting to hear her side of the story, on Carlos's podcast because it's true Ramona isn't somebody who does a lot of press. She doesn't do a lot of sit downs. We haven't really seen her and watch what happens live. We've kind of been of the assumption that Bravo has just like cut her off and I don't think that's the case. I think a lot of it is just Ramona's doing. I think that she's not giving them um, anything because you know, she feels like she's been hard done by by them and uh, Oh, hell might be freezing over because she definitely did bring me around after listening to Carlos's podcast. I think that that could be one of the signs of the apocalypse. Me suddenly becoming, you know, somewhat team Ramona singer, but um, it is what it is. Um, But Ramona did, did refer to the thought of Real Housewives of New York legacy cast as a loser show. And I kind of get where she's coming from. Um, It feels a bit of a demotion. It feels a bit of a step down, especially as finally um, the cast of the rebooted Real Housewives of New York was announced and um, made a little bit of an entrance. They didn't really have much to say on Watch What Happens Live for BravoCon. Um, basically we're getting seven brand new women. Uh, the majority of them are influencers. Um, I, I when I did speak to Patrizio about this, he was not impressed because to him, who are they? But like, let's put things into perspective. Um, Real House of New York, or like debuted like, Almost fifteen years ago, I think, and you know, influences as we know them didn't exist then. Um, what we see, what we what we were seeing on New York, were socialites, and that's what influences are today. It's the same thing. So to me, it's adjacent. It's socialites for a new age. But I think the biggest surprise of the new New York Housewives. Is that Jenna Lyons has joined the cast. If you do not know who Jenna Lyons is, she is the former uh, CEO, creative director of um, Gap. And she made, um, oh, I said Gap, that's not right. What I meant to say was J. Crew. Um, And she is known for giving J.Crew this huge 180, making it like a go-to brand for fashionistas. She is known for having this really distinctive style. She is tall. She is leggy. She loves to wear like a lot of jeans and a lot of these masculine pieces. She's known for like these big, always having like Big glasses, um, and recently she also had her own reality show, um, which was like an Apprentice-style show, sort of where she was casting um, somebody to join her design team. As she has left J Crew and pivoted to a bunch of different businesses including an interior design business and just really randomly she also has a like lash business but basically Jenna Lyons is kind of a renaissance woman. She has her finger and her pie in everything but she really is like very New York and one of the things that Andy mentioned what, what Watch What Happens Live when all these ladies were on the show is that they actually all do know each other. They actually are all friends. They actually all do mix in the same circles. And most importantly, they represent, like, kind of all the five boroughs of New York. They represent all of the, the different aspects of the island. You've got your Upper East Siders, your Downtowners, you've got Brooklynites, you've kind of got all of the different mixes um, and I think we've also got like a, quite a bit of diversity there we've got Latinx representation we've got black representation um, so I think that really does speak a lot more to New York I am just so intrigued by this cast that I'm really willing to go in with an open mind and That is all I can say to the rest of you, especially as we don't know what's happening with The Real Housewives of New York legacy just yet, but please go in with an open heart and an open mind. I think this is going to be good. So thinking of reboots or things coming back to life, The Real Housewives of Miami, I think As part of like H-Anon and, and, you know, um, Bravo-Anon, so to speak, those of us who really rallied for the return of Miami should be so proud. Um, The cast is phenomenal. Again, there's a lot of drama in that cast. We saw a lot of Alexia and a lot of Marisol together. There seems to also be a little bit of division. But the women, we know they're gonna give us um, a great show. One other thing that was also kind of funny is we did finally get to see Teresa Judice, or oh, I should say, I don't know, has she taken Louis's last name? I'm not sure. We got to see Teresa and Alexia in the same place at the same time and on Watch What Happens Live, Um, Andy did comment that a lot of people talk about how they're kind of the same and you know what? They loved it. They both felt it. So, I mean, I love that for us and I love that for them. But when it comes to Miami, the trailer for, I think, what is it? Season five, um, has been released and Miami is coming to us in December. So that's like kind of a nice little, like Hanukkah, Christmas, Christmaka situation that we get with Miami. Now, speaking of some other announcements and kind of not announcements, um, we saw the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Season 3 trailer, um, which will be set in Thailand. It premiered at BravoCon. It hasn't yet, I believe, been released to the public. But of the snippets that we did get to see that people recorded on the day, um, it seems that the new concierge for the crew in Thailand is like bringing it and we might have a new favorite concierge of all the ultimate girls trips so far um I think we also learned just through watching watch what happens live that like Alexia and Heather um and Giselle I think become a bit of a girl crew so um that's really interesting I can't wait to see all of these dynamics, um, especially because I feel like Ultimate Girl Strip is a lot of newer housewives, or um, in the case of Miami, housewives from the past who are, have sort of been brought back in. And rounding out all all that we heard from BravoCon is something that. Um, we didn't hear, which was we were, which we spoke about last week, which was the possibility of a Real Housewives of Dallas announcement. Basically, Andy has confirmed that Real Housewives of Dallas is not currently in the works. It is not. Coming back, so for anyone who was hoping for a real Housewives of Dallas announcement, um, I would love to say that I feel bad for you, but I don't. <laughs> there is so much better TV um, I think around that sh- that details that part of America now, that was a lot. I really don't know how Patrizio does this every single week, um, so what I'm going to do right now is take a quick break, and when I come back. I'm going to attempt to break down part two of the Beverly Hills Reunion. And I'm back. Okay, let's attempt to make sense of the Beverly Hills Reunion part two. For me, this episode, I don't know, I really felt that we were starting to get to the crux of all of the tensions that have sort of been going on throughout the season. And my big sort of takeaway after watching this episode, because I just think so much goes down in it, that I think it did a really good job of starting to lift the veil off all of the bullshit is the only way I can put it. Um, and when I'm talking about bullshit, I'm talking about the hypocrisy that is on the show and the really clear division that I think the some of the women, the Fox Force Five in particular, or Fox Force Four as they are on this show, try to not really delve into um, that much on the show. Um, so I'm not gonna go like too crazy too deep because I will be pulling my hair out. Um, I will just be like being angry and like wanting to punch a wall. But first of all, I really want to touch on the hypocrisy um and really where I'm coming from when I met when I say the hypocrisy of it all. I think um all like none of these women are perfect. Um And, you know, as Patrizio always says, all of the Housewives, it doesn't matter what the franchise is, like all of these women are trash. And, you know, I believe to a certain extent that that is true. But when you watch something like Beverly Hills in particular, um, I think because it's one of those franchises that is so quote-unquote polite, so much happens underneath the surface. And we've had reunions before, but I don't think we've ever had reunions like this where the curtain, you know, so much that's bubbling under the surface is really starting to come out and you can't deny it anymore. There's just so much concrete evidence. So I'm um, starting with the hypocrisy, I think all of these women are hypocrites in one way or another. But really for me, the hypocrisy that I'm talking about is where Kyle is concerned. Um, now, I'm not sure if anybody else has picked up on this. If not, I really encourage you to do a rewatch. And I want you to notice how sort of, any time, and I think there's like two, three or four, two or four, two, three or four sort of really distinct times where this happens, and it is with the other three women being Gusell, Sutton, um, and Crystal, if they call out any sort of hypocrisy that is related specifically to Kyle, she instantly says this every time. She always says, well, that was different. And, you know, this tactic that she uses is defensive and to me it's she constantly makes light of her actions in comparison. I mean she did ultimately apologize in the end to Sutton but the way she treated Sutton at Garcelle's party was so gross and so damaging and I think when you're somebody who perches yourself up um, you know, on this pedestal. And, you know, she's not the only one that's put herself on a pedestal. The entire group of women and Andy have really put her on this pedestal. She, she feels so entitled to, I think, really downplay what she does. And some of the stuff that she does is just really gross and really damaging. I think, you know, in the past, and I think the women are not saying this word now, but, you know, they used to refer to Garcelle as being uh, aggressive, and we've spoken about aggressive across all the franchises, but Kyle is aggressive. We've seen her really ignite – In this season, and be really rude, and you know, screaming at people as well. And you know, even in this episode, we see her, you know, put her hand up to Sutton and tell Sutton, like, try to put Sutton in her place when Sutton legitimately interrupts because they all interrupt each other. Um, And she says, you know, let me finish. This is a woman who, you know, made a moment about Dorit in last week's episode about herself as well, and. For me, the hypocrisy in this franchise that's particularly that surrounds Kyle continues to baffle me. Um, I think you know Crystal bless her, she really is continuing to try and explain how she feels to Kyle and Kyle just continues to ignore or downplay her feelings because in Kyle's mind her feelings don't matter. Whatever Kyle sees from her perspective is all that matters. Now I know you're sick and tired probably of me kind of Kyle bashing Um, and you know I hope after you hear me out today you'll kind of get an understanding of why. I absolutely love Beverly Hills. I think when it's good, it is so good. Um and it really does deserve to be a franchise. It is, you know, one of the franchises that I recommend anybody watch when they're like, what's a what's a real housewives I should watch? I've never watched it before. I really think it is just a phenomenal show and I think that I am just constantly coming from a place of I love this franchise. I don't want it to go the way of some of the other franchises, in particular um, New York, if certain things are just not nipped in the bud um, in time. So um, with that said, I think you all know that I'm not a huge Kyle fan. And again, I just, I I acknowledge my bias in everything that I'm saying, but just like try to see it from my way, you know? My biggest frustration with Kyle is actually just her inability to do what I think is the work that's required to see things beyond her own glass house. Um, In her section in this episode, even Andy, you know, kind of points out that Kyle's life or what we see of it anyway, is mostly, you know, gummy bears and lemon drops. I mentioned before, everybody sort of really puts Kyle up on this pedestal And she does deserve respect. She is an OG. Um, The show was initially meant to be a show just about her and her sisters. But I think what we've seen happens if you let an OG kind of get away with too much is catastrophe, it's chaos. I mean, look at Vicky, look at Nene, look at Ramona. Um, I think, you know, You might not see that comparison because I think those other three women are just so beyond. But um, that is the thing about Beverly Hills. I said before, it's like polite because it lets things bubble, like it lets things happen underneath the surface. And the thing about things that sort of bubble underneath the surface is they can only bubble for so long. So my kind of worry is that when this show like really explodes and it is like, exploding as we speak the the consequence of that is going to be so extreme um and particularly for Kyle she is an OG and as an OG I just think you have a lot of responsibility and unfortunately the success or the demise often of a franchise is on the OG shoulder so I think I hold Kyle to um a higher standing because that's kind of what she demands that's kind of what she has built for herself and so for me because she has that higher standing she's also supposed to be the glue that keeps it together unfortunately Beverly Hills suffers from not having like um a Kenya who could come in you know when Nini left or like when you had like a Ramona or a Bethany like they they aren't equal, there there aren't these sort of equal factors where somebody else I think could really come in and sort of really help spearhead the show if Kyle isn't doing it. I think ultimately if Kyle is like not prepared to spearhead kind of what I think is a new era of Beverly Hills, then she, she needs to go because the world around her and the world around these people in Beverly Hills is moving on without them and fans are turning on her. We've seen them turn on Rinna and they will turn on her just, um, just as fast. So, You know, for me, I just don't want to see Beverly Hills go the way of New York. And I think if some of these original um, or older cast members don't step up to the plate, it's going to turn to shit. They need to really be embracing Sutton, embracing Garcelle, embracing Crystal more than they are. Um, Yeah, it just, I don't know. Um, just as a, an aside though, I do want to say I will be watching the agency show on Netflix because one of the times where I do really think that Kyle just excels and is magic on screen is when she's with her family. And I think her family is fascinating. I think I have said this on this show before that, I think Kyle should have left Beverly Hills a while ago. And as her children were getting older, they should have had more of a family spin off a la Osborns, Kardashians, that sort of vibe. I think that would have been the better route for Kyle, unfortunately. Um, now I just sort of want to really dive into kind of the other inequity, the other side of the same coin in terms of the tensions that were really kind of brought out in this episode and dived into a little deeper, which is the division within the group. Um, now I mentioned before when I was talking about BravoCon that we saw in the panel that it got to the point in New Jersey where the The division is so specific that like they're all doing separate interviews for the same show. Um, I don't think um, Beverly Hills will ever get to this point because, again, it's just way too quote unquote polite. But, you know, we really saw that there are clearly two sides um, in this group. Um, at the end of this episode, when the women go to take a break and stretch um, before they get ready to film sort of the final part, which will be uh, shown next week, which is going to be all about Erica and of course Kathy Hilton is finally back, um, we clearly see Sutton, Garcelle, and Crystal sort of band together on one side and go off to want to go and do shots, and then the other four ladies band together. Now, Um, I don't believe that this was intentional, but it was definitely unconscious or, um, somewhat innate, but these women like turn their backs on each other. They literally group themselves separately. Um, and look, I don't mind division on a show, um, in Housewives where it's like kind of this funny frenemy situation. You know, we see it with like Karen and Giselle in Potomac. Like there has to be this give and this take. Um, We've even seen it with like Bethany and Ramona on New York. It is and can be entertaining. And of course, like your Nini versus everyone, Kenya versus everyone, Marlo versus everyone. It can be really fun. But the division that we're seeing on Beverly Hills For me, it's really uncomfortable because I think the way that it shows itself is, to quote Nini, just so nasty and so rude. It shows itself in forms of bullying. It shows itself in forms of racism and microaggressions, and it shows itself in forms of gaslighting. Um, During one of the breaks in this episode, we see all the women pair off except for Crystal, and they're in all their respective rooms, and we see, you know, Dumb and Dumber, aka Erica and Rinna, you know, (laughs) like sitting in their delusion is the only way I can describe it when they attribute the division within the group to Garcelle. Just Garcelle. No one else. Just Gasser. Um I, I was just like shocked. <laughs> I mean, I think I I'm, I'm not shocked that they said it, but I just am so shocked that they seem to really believe it. And I think they know what they're doing. I think they know that other people will believe this, this lack of accountability, is just so interesting to me um I thought it was interesting that Rina let us know that she's in therapy I'd be really curious to know what happens in those therapy sessions or maybe I wouldn't I I really think that Lisa Rina is not able I don't think Lisa Rinna knows how to be real anymore. Like, I think that Sutton is correct. I think Lisa Rinna is so far gone at this point that I don't think she even knows who the who the real Lisa is. Um, I think she's so used to being a character and a villain that I don't think she knows how to be authentic and even have real feelings. I don't think anything that she says anymore is sincere. And if it is, I don't think that I could distinguish between what is real and what is, like, acting. Um, And in that sense, give her a freaking Emmy. Like, she's a phenomenal actress, obviously. But, um, yeah, her their gaslighting just in that room and just sitting in their own delusion is just wild to me um another thing that was really wild to me in this episode sort of talking through this division is the conversation around Garcelle's book I found this particularly gross I actually found Andy negligible in the way he handled this entire discussion um (sighs) you know, just to frame it, there was an infamous image that Erica Jane posted on Instagram with Garcelle's new book in the in the trash, right? And what we found out in this episode was that that was actually Lisa Rinna who had thrown the book in the trash. Um, Lisa had thrown it in the trash because, <clears throat> to quote her, her and Garcelle had a a handshake agreement that they would never bring up their children again um after the previous discussions. And in her book, um in a sec uh in her book, Garcelle kind of retells the story that played out on screen. Um, I think this is a really weird one for me. I think I can understand where Rinna was coming from, believe it or not, after I've just kind of trashed her. I can understand where Rinna is coming from in her perception. Like, I think all these women are so bitter with Garcelle, they just don't want their name, their names in her mouth. Like, that's fine. And I think Rinna found an opportunity to to take something away from Garcelle. Um, they don't want Garcelle, you know, profiting off whatever her proximity to them is. And you know what, fine. If that's what you think, I I mean, I'm sure that on some level that does exist because, you know, Guselle is being so, has been so fortunate recently. She's incredibly talented. She's a, you know, she's been acting for years and years and years, but we do know that being on a show like Housewives does allow you to kind of re-engage, hence Jenna Lyons joining the cast of Real Housewives of New York. Um, It can be just a huge boost for your business. and in retaliation to Garcelle retelling of this story, Rinna p- puts the, the book in the trash. Now, Rinna and Garcelle have come to, I think, a really phenomenal agreement, which is that Garcelle, because their legal teams and managers were involved, Garcelle on the reprints and the audiobook version of, of that book, that small little paragraph is not in there anymore. It's been taken out. Um, good on Garcelle. Um, I was I'm, I was proud of her in that moment for doing that, um, and the reason that Erica had posted it was because, basically, Garcelle made a meme on Instagram as she's allowed to do of the iconic moment where she tells Erica Jane that she does a great job of making herself look bad, and once again, I mean, I think Erica Jane has been incredibly petty in doing that. But what we really found out in doing this is the way that Erica was able to get access to that specific picture was that there is like a group chat happening amongst the Fox Force Five, I believe. I don't know if Crystal or Sutton were in it. In fact, I'm also really disappointed in Sutton and Crystal for not speaking up for Garcelle in this moment. Or if they did speak up, I'm really disappointed with production for editing them out or editing anybody else out that might have come to Garcelle's defense. Because basically what we see is In this section where we're talking about some really significant triumphs for Garcelle um, and writing a book is no mean feat you know Erica has done it and it was tough I think they've all written books at this at this stage except for um, Sutton, Crystal, um, uh, Kyle I think Kyle's a bit too scared to write a book but she did have a tv show um, about her loosely based on her life but um what we learn is that of course I mean I think we know there's obviously other group chats and that's really normal but we finally have this admission of this division and of specific negative conversations that are happening and directed at one particular cast member who incidentally happens to be the only black cast member, a person who they are constantly fighting with. And they are having these really immature mean girl side conversations. And Andy does not take them to task. Andy, at the beginning of the show, if, in part one, he, you know, spoke that um, Bravo, you know, does not tolerate racism and, and stands against it. This was actually your moment to live up to the thing that you had said last week. Now, I know that this might not inherently seem racist, and I'm going to get to that because we talk about racism in this podcast. Um <sighs> It's just not putting your, your mouth where your money is or your money where your mouth is. Like you're talking the talk, but you're having an opportunity right now to truly walk the walk. And instead, all of these women just made fun and made light of that situation. It turned into a conversation about recycling. Now, recycling is very important, but not in the context of this discussion. And if you watch that, that part back, you will see Garcelle is fighting back tears. These people have just incredibly belittled a huge feat for her. They're supposed to be uplifting and supporting each other. But I think at the heart of this is that these women, and I'm talking about the Fox Force 5, do not want to see these newer housewives having success. They do not want to see them being happy when they're miserable. Um, And ultimately for me, this was just... It was heartbreaking to watch. Um, Now, I did say that this is a podcast that talks about racism, so I'm about to talk about racism. Don't tune out, just listen. Um, Twice in this episode, we see the housewives, and this is all of them, Garcelle, Crystal included, um, say that they are not racist. Now, if you've been listening to this pod, I'm only going to say this once, so don't worry, then by now you know that it is not possible to not be racist. Racism is institutionalized. It's in everything that we do. It's in the systems. It's in just the way the Western world, for those of us uh, who live in colonized places, um, it's just the way the world has been set up. And because of that, it's just not possible to not be racist. What it is possible to be though is to work towards anti-racism and none of these women uh including garcelle or crystal are doing that work they are a lot of the time just cherry picking um you know i'm saying this is a black woman they cherry pick the bits that work for them but like to truly have this discussion Everybody needs to be involved. And somebody who actually knows what's their, what they're talking about needs to be helming, helming that conversation. So just Dorit asking that question of the group or Sutton asking that question of Garcelle, those, are my friends, are moot points. There I said it, legal speak, I'm not an attorney, but those are moot points. Everybody is racist, but we're not seeing people work towards anti-racism. Okay. That's it. Um, so that those were kind of my big feelings, um, (laughs) about the episode, what I'm going to do now is maybe talk about some of my little feelings or rather my little opinions, just on a couple of sort of like quick little rubbish rabbit rapid fire sort of opinions um, on some of the rubbish that um, came out of the women in this episode. So, you know, at the start, it's the end of Diana Jenkins. Goodbye. Uh, Goodbye, Diana. Um, So, you know, the question was asked when calling someone, what what's worse calling someone evil or calling someone a see you next tuesday and my response to this is that the context matters. In Australia, we drop the C-bomb like it's going out of style, but we do it in like this like very jovial, happy manner. I just want to say that in the context of the show, and particularly the, the episode where they're in Aspen, the C-word was much worse because it was used as a weapon. When uh, Garcelle off the show referred to Diana Jenkins as evil, that was a response to her behavior. And it was. Was the right response. That said, Diana, you need to leave Garcelle the hell alone. Um, the display of your privilege, and I am actually quoting Diana Jenkins, she said it, she has money, she has access, she has privilege. Um, Her privilege is her imbuing her white savior savior complex. If a black person or a person of color asks you as a white privileged person to get out of their business, here's a tip, get out of their business. Um, Goodbye, Diana. Now, my question to you is, would you rather a Birkin or a beach house? Now me, I would love a Birkin. For what reason? None. I would never let her leave the house. So the better investment here. I want to just also say I am not a financial advisor, I believe is the beach house. Um, if you answered Birkin, you're pretty much wrong. But in today's economy, who knows? Because Birkins are now becoming these amazing investments. Um, Rina came prepared uh, in this reunion. I think that she did a really great PR situation um her crisis pr squad is phenomenal um i think she told some good stories but as i mentioned before she's a we are seeing phenomenal acting here she is faking everything except the lower stuff of course I'm not that much of a monster. Um, I think what we're also seeing in this reunion episode is that Erica really can't handle that the reunion is not all about her she is constantly putting in her little jibes her little ad-libs her little opinions you want to know something Erica nobody asked for your opinion we'll hear from you next week. Um, I truly don't ever remember hearing Erica talk As much in a reunion as she has in this reunion when it hasn't been about her. And finally, Garcelle was asked if Sutton is someone who always makes it about herself and she said yes Sutton is someone who always makes it about herself and that is true. But you know what else is true? They all make it about themselves. That is part of why we watch these ridiculous shows. Um, Now I don't know about all of you but i am really ready for part three of this reunion i am ready for kathy hilton to make her mark i know we've seen the glimpses on the trailer but i really want her to kind of take everyone down um i just we need this to come to an end but we but we also need it to come to the type of end where there is potentially hope for next season I do not want you know Andy (laughs) shutting Beverly Hills down um I you know I said it at the beginning of this piece I am quite worried about the future of Beverly Hills particularly after watching this episode because I do really think that it's starting to lose its way and it seems to me that like no one in production is really doing anything to rein it in Um, I'm really sorry to kind of have to wrap up on such a somber note, um, but before I bid you adieu, um, I want to hear all of your opinions on the, um, episode because as I've mentioned, I had some big feelings, some big opinions, um, and I want to really know how you guys feel. Are you all worried about the fate of this franchise? Do you think that it is due for a reboot? Would, who would you like to see gone who would you like to see stay? I really want to know why you want to see Rina stay like yes, I get it. the show needs a villain but what is what else is she going to do that's ultimately going to be good for the show? Um, so you can tell me all of your opinions over on Instagram, slide into our DMs at from the lower level pod. I also want to know what some of your highlights were from Bravo Con, if you were on the ground or if you were just like us watching it from a distance, um, and crying that you couldn't be there. Um, and as always, please remember to rate, review and subscribe to the pod, um, it really just helps us spread the word like the more you like it the more you review it the more they, it kind of you know gets boosted in the uh, podcast ether and more people become aware of it um rest assured my sermon is done for the week and Patrizio will be back next week i believe and we will be returning to your regular scheduled programming where we go at it with each other, but from a place of love. Um and that note-